Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right. Welcome to the Viking Age podcast. I'm your host, Adam Patrick. I'm the editor of thevikingage.com, where we cover the Minnesota Vikings. And as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Chris Shad, who writes for us here at the Viking Age, as well as Zone Coverage and Bring Me the News. Before we get started, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel and like this video. Just crossed the 700 subscribers mark, so a little bit cool. So uh, thanks for supporting if you have already, and if not, just go ahead and uh, click that subscribe button. Uh, also, you can follow the Viking Age on Twitter and Facebook, and uh, the audio version of this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcast. Um, I don't have any trivia or fun facts or anything, so let's just get right into it. Uh, the draft that everyone's been talking about all weekend the WWE no um the 2023 who's going tonight that's <laughs> what we're talking about thanks for coming on guys everybody logs off oh yeah we're I, mean, I I was hyped up for it I got the Bret Hart hoodie going on right go. now um the 2023 NFL draft after 9000 mock drafts we finally uh figured out who the Vikings ended up with during the draft of course there are 2024 mock drafts out already so if you really itching for one of those they're they're out there and the vikings are taking quarterbacks and a bunch of them so something to keep in mind but uh this past weekend on what thursday friday and saturday vikings only had six picks it was weird if you're used to covering the vikings draft the last few years when they've had like 10 or 11 or 15 draft picks they had six it was it was actually kind of nice it was a nice little break so i started on uh, day one on thursday by not selecting a quarterback, Will Levis and Hendon Hooker were both still on the board, but the Vikings went ahead and drafted uh, USC wide receiver Jordan Addison with the 23rd pick in the first round. Uh, then on day two, they had a pick earlier in the third round, and then they decided to trade all the way back, I believe, to the very last pick in the third round, and they wound up with Makai Blackman, a cornerback from USC. So their first two picks are from USC. Uh, apparently they made they uh, saw a few of their games this year and uh, enjoyed liked what they saw. Then on the third and final day of the draft, uh, the Vikings added four players. They added uh, Jay Ward, who is a safety hybrid corner slot corner linebacker player from LSU. Uh, they added uh, not Jacqueline but Jacqueline Roy. I don't Jay Roy you, you, is Jaqueline. Jaqueline. Yeah, you that's, feel that's like what I want. you feel like the substitute teacher yeah. in Bill. <laughs> Jaqueline. Hey, hey, Ron. But uh, I think you want to go to war. I think the the Vikings coaches were calling him uh, Jay Roy. So we'll just call him that. Okay. Roy uh, defensive tackle from LSU. Then they added a quarterback, uh, Jaron Hall from BYU in the fifth round, uh, who I believe is 25. So we can talk about that. And then with the final pick, the Vikings added a running back, Dwayne McBride from UAB. Now, 
of these six picks or just in general what the Vikings did this this past weekend, you know, what what intrigued you the, intrigues you the most about what the Vikings did during this year's draft? I don't think anything in particular intrigued me about the picks. It's just kind of the overall theme. Um, I don't think there's really an overall feeling of excitement with this class, especially with the fan base. It just kind of seems like it was a big helping of vegetables, really, from the top pick on down. Um you know, there was nothing in this draft that made me jump off my couch and be like, here come the Vikings. Here we go. Like, Philly, we're coming. Look in your rearview mirror. Like, Howie Roseman was they're over in, in Philadelphia. In yeah, he was He was like, you know, Captain America assembling the Avengers if, uh, you know, the Avengers <laughs> were like the Georgia defense or mm-hmm. whatever. Um, you know, we, we kind of got spoiled a little bit with all that QB spe- speculation. Mm-hmm. Um, a trade just never was possible with this team because, you know, the Texans gave up a ton just to move up from 12 to three. I was kind of trying to figure it out and the Texans wind up with the same picks next year. I think the trade wound up being like 2,500 points over slot value, according to the Spielberg or uh, yeah, is it Spielberger and uh, over the cap straight chart. Yeah. yeah. Let's, let's go with that. Yeah. Um, like it was a lot. And, you know, the Vikings would have been moving up 11 more spots than the Texans were. So by the time the Vikings were on the clock, there's Hendon Hooker and there's Will Levis on the board. Yep. And and both of those guys, like, let, let me let me just summarize this here. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a move in this draft where the Vikings would have sounded the alarm that they're a contender. Because no. by, by the time 23 rolled around, you had two quarterback prospects who had major flaws coming into the draft. Mm-hmm. You had you know, a whole bunch of corners that really were comparable to some of the other corners that went in the later rounds, especially to Makai Blackman, who the Vikings got in the third round. And like, I don't know, like you're going to trade down and get some more, not like this wasn't a draft with a lot of game changers. So, I mean, to take Jordan Addison, I think it's a step in the right direction, not for 2023. He's not going to come in and be Justin Jefferson 2.0, but he's going to be a complimentary piece. And it builds the roster. It builds the team so that when you are like the Jets are feeling like they are a quarterback away, yeah. you have this infrastructure where maybe you trade for the next quarterback that's going to be pissed off or the next, uh, you know, rock star quarterback prospect or even just roll with an adequate guy like the 49ers are doing and just ride them all the way to the Super Bowl. Like yeah, they're are a lot of options for the Vikings. And I mean, it's not exciting. It's not sexy. I, I don't think the Vikings are winning the Super Bowl after this draft, but it's it's okay. Like It's yeah. just okay. Yeah, I don't think their plans were, I mean, obviously they would like to win the Super Bowl next season, but I don't think that they're, they're realistic and they're not, mm-hmm. that's not, they're not gearing towards next season to be the season where they try and win the Super Bowl. I think they're more, Everything they've done is more pointed towards 2024 and 2025 as, as, as years where they're going to try and get to that goal. Um, I like the Addison pick. Um, after watching, you know, some, some YouTube stuff, people are going to like probably be like, what are you talking about? It's not even close, but he reminds me a lot of Stefan Dix. He's, he's smaller in his frame, but as far as like route running and, and being able to just get open with his, you know, his feet and his hips and everything, just, just to lead guys in one direction and then just go the other way. Um, and just leave them in his dust. Um, he seems like a more, I would say a more updated, a younger version of, of Adam Thielen and Diggs where, yep. um, 
they're not the most physical guys, but they're going to use their route running ability to, to get open, and then they're going to make plays after the catch. Um, and I think that's exactly what the Vikings need. Um, Kevin O'Connell was clearly happy that he was able to, to get him in the first round, and that it seemed like uh, Quasey wanted to trade back. Uh, but uh, Kevin O'Connell was seemed like he was probably adamant in that draft room, like, no, I mean, this guy, he's there. Let's get him. Um, and, and I think it'll it'll turn out well for, for the Vikings because I think Addison can be someone. And he doesn't have to be the top guy. Like, they got right. just, Justin Jefferson. They got, like, you look at some of the other receivers that went places like Zay Flowers and and who's the other guy that went to? Jackson Smith and Jigba. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Where did he go? Seattle. Seattle. He doesn't have to be the top guy either. No. Um. But but Addison, he 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 can come in and he's gonna have single coverage a lot of the time. He's gonna just have a lot of opportunities to make plays next year. Um. So uh, it's important that he kind of gets up to snuff because KJ Osborne is no he's no slouch. So don't oh. let's not assume that Addison is gonna come in right away and like beat out KJ Osborne. He should, but we've seen this before. We're like Justin Jefferson didn't start. <laughs> he was a rookie. This, this that's not because he wasn't good. Let's no. let's let's get that out of the way because uh, he was he was good, but for some reason Mike Zimmer didn't feel like he was ready to start. Well, um, he he also had COVID during that training camp. That's when, true. Yep. You know, a lot, it was taken a lot more seriously right. uh, back then. So and uh, so so I think Addison with Je- Jefferson being number one, TJ Hawkinson seems like he's the number two guy. Um, so Addison can either be number three or even number four. And it's funny that like they added a receiver with their first round pick because it seemed like they're, they're gearing towards running the ball more, um, being more physical, being, well, and I think, yeah, yeah, when you look at, uh, I almost call him Sean McVay again. You look at Kevin O'Connell's offense, it's modeled up after Sean McVay's offense. What did they have? They had Cooper cup, this target hog, um, Lack of yep. a better term there. Alpha receiver. Let's go that route. Yep. Everybody else was just like kind of complimentary pieces. Mm-hmm. Like they had Tyler Higby. They had uh, Gerald Everett, who were kind of these all around tight ends. Maybe Hawkinson's a little bit better, but the secondary receiver was Robert Woods. Yep. I think, and I'm going to get accused for helmet scouting here because Robert Woods was also a USC grad, yep. but he thrived in that role. And I see a lot of Jordan Addison in that role. So and in the size thing, I saw a lot of people talking about that. You know, Devonta Smith, he was also only yeah. 170 pounds coming out, or I, uh, 175 or whatever it was. Jordan Addison's not that far off. And I mean, if it's, you know, five catches here too, I mean, can he be a threat? Can he make defenses say, hey, dude, we got to stop this guy? Not just, all right, everybody on Justin Jefferson, because that's what happened at the end of last season. So um, I yeah, like the pick. It's it solves an immediate problem. Yeah, the size thing is always funny to me too, because like college football is way more advanced uh, than it was even five years ago, and it's it's a lot closer to the. It's not the NFL, obviously, but it's a lot closer to that um, skill level wise. Like all the Bryce Young talk was hilarious to me because he's like, because we we always talk about how the SEC is full of like the biggest guys, the most physical, most talented guys, and uh, Bryce Young was fine. He didn't get really injured or anything and he was at Alabama and he's fine. And all, of a, all of a sudden now he's, you know, going to Carolina, he's going to get hurt all the time. Like, yeah, they're going to need to protect him, but Carolina also has a, their offensive line is improving. Um, and they have what Frank Reich is their coach. He's going to do what he, he's, he's a quarterback coach. So he's going to do, you know, what's necessary to keep Bryce Young out of harm's way. But yeah, the size thing is always funny. Cause like if these guys are able to make plays in the, you know, PAC 12 or ACC or SEC, 
they're probably going to be able to make plays in, in the NFL. So that's not not a worry of mine. Um, any other players that intrigued you? They did get a quarterback, um, fifth round, that is. But I feel like this quarterback that they got, Jaron Hall out of BYU, I'm more excited about him than I have been about a, like a late round flyer quarterback that the Vikings have taken in the last few years. Like they've took like what Nate Stanley, Kellen Mond. He was a third rounder. Um, but I like what I see in Jaron Hall in terms of like just being able to make plays when something maybe isn't there. I think that's what I like about him the most. There's substance there. Yeah. Like, you know, Kellen Mond was more just a raw robot. traits. Yeah. Where it was just like, he's got a big arm. He's mobile. He has no idea how to use either. Um, Darren Hall seems like he's got nuance to play quarterback. More fluid. Yes. Yeah. It, it's more natural yeah. when you watch him on tape. You know, I was thinking about it from this frame. So I know I was very vocal against taking Hendon Hooker in the first round, yeah. uh, mainly because of his age, but also the question marks that came with him. Right. You have a similar prospect to Hendon Hooker in the fifth round that Detroit got in the third round. He's a quarterback yeah. that is a little mobile. He's got a decent arm. Uh, he's a dual threat. You know, he throws a beauty of a deep ball. And again, you got him two rounds later. Now, if the Vikings are sitting there at TCO Performance Center and being like, this is the guy we've been searching for our long-term future, I have questions because, <laughs> you know, fifth-round quarterbacks historically do not pan yeah. out. Um, I think Mark Brunel like the one who's like one of the few who's made a Pro Bowl, and that was in the 90s. Well, I mean, even even throughout like history, you know, you look at, I mean, Tony Romo was undrafted, but he's an outlier. Dak Prescott was a fourth-round yeah. pick. Tom, I know Tom some Brady NFL fans. Yeah, Tom Brady, of course. Like, <laughs> But, I mean, I, I'm not sitting here counting on Jared Hall to be the no. replacement for Kirk Cousins. Like, no. that's just asinine. Now, if he goes on the field and he balls out, let's have that conversation. But I like this pick. I, I mean, look at what the Packers did. Like, I think it was 12 picks before they took Sean Clifford, who, if you're a Minnesota Gopher fan, you remember him just being an utter disaster did, when the Gophers upset him back in 2018. They did a lot. So with Well, they didn't do a lot with a lot. Like, they had a lot to use, and they feel like they just pooped, their pooped in their hand. Their draft was weird. <laughs> they took uh, Tucker Craft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so and another Go tight Jacks, end. Right? With yeah, like their, first three, three, their first three picks, two of them were tight ends. Um, Good job, guys. Yeah. But I, I'll, I'll get to that yeah, in a second because yeah. it, it's a little further on the outline here. But like when it comes to Jaron Hall, I, you know, it's good because you can see traits. You can see, hey, like this could work. And then like if he turns out to be a backup or like a plan B, so you're not like relying on Sean Mannion's of the world uh, to be your backup yeah. quarterback. And like, you know, if Kurt goes down, like twists an ankle or yeah. something, you want to put Jaron Hall in and see what happens. Fine. I'm OK with that. He's shown enough where. Yeah. And especially if he falls out in the preseason, then you can go, okay, let's let's yep. see what we have here. Not like Kyle Sloter, I don't know the playbook, so I'm gonna play backyard football yeah. uh type of fallout. Yeah. But you know what no, I mean. No, yeah, I I like him. Um I've seen some comparisons out there to to Russell Wilson. Um mm -hmm. they're they're out there in terms of his size and his his throwing ability and being a former baseball player. Um he is older. I think he's married already. I think he has a kid already. Um Yeah. So people, well, I mean, he's 25. So, <laughs> hey, I wasn't, I didn't have a kid. We're not talking about like a, what I think Jordan Addison's still like 20, just barely yeah, 21. Yeah. yeah. So, so yeah, he's, he's a mature prospect. Um, it sounds like I think when they asked 
uh, Quasi about him. Like Quasi was talking about like going back and watching like YouTube videos of him, like not not necessarily his playing on the field, but like his interviews, his pressers, like things like that, just to see like how he is as a, a leader and everything. And that's important. Um, I'm not so sure yeah. if Rick Spielman did that. Um, Rick Spielman, who I believe said he didn't like the pick on, on the uh, the CBS Sports reaction show, which is hilarious, which makes me I mean, it's, which, a fifth, it's a fifth round, which makes it me really like it matter. even more <laughs> because Rick, what was his response to an overrated chant, though? I just want to know that, like, <laughs> you know, yeah, or like, is he good on a whiteboard? Yeah, yeah. like, did he did he give the hundred dollar bill back, which I understand now because I watched draft day. Uh, on you finally Thursday. came in. What did you think? Uh, it's a terrible, terrible movie. Um, I, I, but it's freaking hilarious, yeah, yeah, yeah. isn't it? But like, I under, <laughs> like, I understood all of it because I, this is my job to cover and everything. And I'm just like, if someone like who didn't follow football or the draft closely was watching this, they'd be like, what is going on? Like, why am I watching? You know what? We're it watching is? guys talk on like, phones for two hours. Like, what is this? Have you, are, do you watch, you've watched The Office, right? Yeah. You remember the, like the, um, I can't remember what episode it is, but like two people are like watching a movie and it's like Jack Black and this grandma and it just gets more and more absurd. Like every time they check in on him, that's basically draft day. Like, you know, Will Levis starts sliding in the green room and I, I just, I tweeted it out. I just imagine no, like the security party. guy, just like, you know what he puts in his coffee, Sonny? Mayo. Yeah. Puts mayo in his coffee, Sonny. <laughs> And then he lied about it. And then he's like, oh, yeah, you got me, guys. I put mayo in my coffee all the time. I like the consistency. You know, it's a little weird, but yeah, whatever. There's nothing about that. Then let me tell you how he eats bananas. Like, he eats them with a peel on. (laughs) Well, what were you thinking, you sick freak? And uh, Um, he, he he kept the $100 bill. On the back of the pen. You have the hundred dollar bill on top yeah. of it. I saw a report that said like they brought Will Levis in to like explain his mistakes, and he's just like, "Yeah, I screwed up." <laughs> not even, not even like well, they, going did, through they did the same thing like, with Jaron Hall too, where like they they purposefully I think one of the scouts, the Viking scouts, had like they purposefully gave him a play where they knew that their wide receiver ran the wrong route, and Jaron Hall was just like, "That's not on him. That's on me to you know make a better play or to get him to go in the right direction. That's that's not his fault. That's my fault." No. Can I add one more like yeah. kind of scout yeah. that I heard? Um, so obviously I cover South Dakota State football. Yeah. I'm at the Brookings Register and we went to Tucker Crafts Pro Day and like checked in with him basically and asked him how things were going to do a story. And uh, he was talking about like one of his visits and one of them was with the Patriots. And uh, they basically he like went in there and they cut up like all of his bad plays and like showed it to him. Like what the hell happened here? And like Tucker was like, yeah, you know, I did this and, and, you know, I, I, so you screwed up. Well, no, I, so you screwed up. Yeah, I screwed up. They wouldn't let him talk. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know if that was it, but like, it was just kind of a thing. Like, so you screwed up. Yeah. Yeah. I screwed up. The Patriots had it. What did it <laughs> but like, they had just a to weird... start with that, it's like, uh, oh, of course it was the Patriots. Well, who else they had a weird draft though, like too. That? They, 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 they got a kicker and a punter. Did, were they the ones that took the kicker in no, the, the Niners? The Niners that? traded up for kicker in the and they round. had they didn't have a pick until the second round offensive genius kyle shanahan needs a i kicker. think he there was there was a video there's a video going around of kyle shanahan calling the kicker and being like dude you know that we liked you a lot because we we picked you over a running back so <laughs> i'm like that's why would you he say, hates running backs like we you're <laughs> no pressure you're kid. good dude but we could have got a running back instead of you so don't mess up like what 
what he's gonna be caught in round two. All right, what didn't you like about any of the moves that that the the Vikings made on or didn't make on during the draft? Like, or, or was there? Did you like it all? So I'll I'll say one of the common criticisms I saw on Thursday, and I think it died down as the Vikings trading late, later. No, that that wasn't it. It was uh, the first round cornerback. You know, everybody was mad that the Vikings took Jordan Addison over a first round. And they're like, well, look at the defense. Like, you look at that Giants game, whatever. I did a story on this for Zone Cut right now. And I went back and I looked at top corner of the draft since 2000. 11 of those players have become pro bowlers. Only four of those players became all pros. Xavier Rhodes is on this list, but... Mm. How long did it take Xavier Rhodes to get to that form? Three or four years. Three or four years. And I, and I think, too, like people forget Andrew Booth Jr. was a second-round pick last year. Yep. I know he didn't play well. I know he was hurt. He was a second-round pick. Early, early second-round, too, right? Obviously, yes. This 40th overall, I yeah. think it was. Yeah. Like, this team believes in Andrew Booth, and like they're not just going to bail just because one season went bad and he got torched in that Dallas game, probably because he was injured. Yeah. Then... Caleb Evans played very well when he was on yep. the field. He had three concussions like the Vikings and they signed Byron Murphy Jr. Yep. too. Like the Vikings problem wasn't that they needed sauce Gardner on the field, although no. it would be nice yeah. at that point. They just needed somebody that was competent. So they go down, they get Makai Becton or I keep saying Becton because that's the only Makai I know. Yeah. And like yeah. he was like 400 pounds. I would love to see that dude playing <laughs> corner, corner, but. He'd be good in press coverage. Um, positionless football, baby. Just Let's put the tackle at corner. Stick him at the but, line. But Becton's man coverage numbers were really good. They only targeted him 18 times, but he had two interceptions and a 0.0 passer rating allowed. You know, I, I think it just came down to this is a similar prospect to who we can get here. Let's wait until the third round. Let's get our guy and let's get some depth in here because in a best case scenario, it's going to take two or three years for anybody that we take to have a meaningful role on this team. So that's why I liked the, I liked the Addison pick and I didn't like the idea of taking a first round corner because when you think about it too, most of the receivers that are taken, the ones that are good are day one or day two picks. The Vikings had 23 Jordan Addison was there. If they waited until 87, Who's going to be like, you're going to take Trey Palmer, who I liked, but not Jordan Addison. Like you had a shot at one of the top receivers in a short receiver draft and you're looking for a number two receiver. Take that guy over the corner and go get your depth somewhere else. I think that's one of the biggest flaws that Mike Zimmer had during his tenure because he knew the same thing. He knew that his cornerbacks were going to get banged up, but he forced it in uh, round one all the time. He did. You think he did that? Um, Yeah. I mean, that video, that video, I will never forget the video with him and Justin Jefferson, like when he fell and like Rick Spielman was like, we got him, Mike, we got him. And Mike's like, we're getting a corner. Yeah, next, yeah. Right? <laughs> Mike, shut the hell up. We're taking Justin Jefferson. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. Yeah. Lots of, but I will agree with Mike Zimmer though. Like you can't have enough corners because they just get hurt. And you can get them in round three, yeah, four, and five right. instead of round one every or, year. Yeah, or undrafted free agents or whatever. But yeah, um, I in, in terms of disappointment, I would say the only thing that bothered me maybe. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Was, they, didn't, they didn't add any offensive linemen. And I think that's an area still where yeah. they might need some, some more help. They're, kinda, they're basically rolling into next season with the guys that they had last year, which were good as run blockers. But when it came to pass blocking, like Ezra Cleveland, Ed Ingram, Garrett Bradbury, arguably the worst interior offensive line when it comes to pass blocking in the entire NFL. Um, and you guys are just going to be like, this is what we got again. Like I could see Ed, Ed Ingram progressing. Good luck, Kirk. Yeah, I could see Ed Ingram <clears throat> progressing, making progress. He has a full offseason to train with the Vikings and learn and get better. Ezra Cleveland, not so optimistic about because he's been there a couple of years. And if he's playing like this now and, and maybe it's the new switch to the new offense as well. Maybe that has something to do with it. And now they all get a year in the offense. Maybe that's where the Vikings are breaking on. Like, get these guys in here again. They'll be more, you know, and learn what, we're, what we want to do on offense and we'll switch things up. So maybe it doesn't put them on an island so much to, to block guys like Kenny Clark and Akeem Hicks and just get destroyed every time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I feel like they could have added somebody. I know they added a couple guys with their undrafted free agents, but, um, I would like to see them maybe at least add a guard who could have maybe challenged Ed Ingram for, for his job because he was not good uh, last year. And he was a second-round pick, too. So maybe they're they're just they're doing the same thing as they are, are with Booth. I would argue that Booth, Booth's future is probably a little brighter than Ed Ingram's. Um, Ed Ingram was a good run block. He was. Though. Like, if he, like, improves on his run blocking, this, this is the sunny side up with Ed Ingram, yeah. I think. If he improves on his run blocking and just gets a little bit better in pass protection... Yeah. That's a solid starter at guard. Yeah, so, so I mean, I'm not, I'm not the president of the Ed Ingram fan no. club, but I think there is something to having continuity this time around yeah. where you're going to have Ezra Cleveland, you're going to have Christian Darison, Brian O'Neill, and it's just like, okay, can the interior line just be serviceable? Can you, can you run block? Can you slow people down when it comes to, because like they're not going to stonewall anybody, but I mean, that's it's part of the process. Like this wasn't a, this wasn't a good draft for interior linemen. No, from what it I heard, wasn't. So it wasn't. So maybe that's, that's I mean, probably why. Um, last question on this: their selections in this draft. Last last pick they made was a running back who I believe led the led the nation in rushing last year, like 1,700 yards around there. Mm-hmm. Dwayne McBride. Um, is that just like the seal on the envelope shipping Dalvin Cook out the door? That's that's just the latest sign, or is Delvin Cook I think Dalvin Cook's going to get released. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think there's going to be a trade now. There's there's, there's so many rumors like, oh, they got a trade in place or whatever. I'm like, with who? Who's putting that yeah. out there, you think? <laughs> His I, I might be the the guy on Tarps Off or whatever that podcast right. is going like, Dalvin's got two good shoulders now. And like Minnesota, they've just mediocre, been mediocre. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I mean, it's not Dalvin's fault. <laughs> I mean, you know. He only yes. played with a broken shoulder yeah. willingly for what four years. I think I saw the rumors that like the Dolphins have like a trade in place for him or whatever after June first. But they re-signed other running backs. They drafted a running back. Why are they going to trade for a running back whose cap hit is right. around? Well, it'll be around like eight who, or nine million. Who points. needs a running back at this point? Like the Lions had DeAndre Swift, and they were like, "Nah, let's take one at 12. <sighs> the like, Lions don't. <laughs> like Dan Campbell. Oh Dan, that is a Dan Campbell special. You know he was in the war room just like, all right, boys, I got this fucking idea. Let's take a fucking running back <laughs> yeah. at number 12. 12. Like, yeah, you know, what, what about B. John? We could just take, no, nah, man, take take Jameer. Like, 
Hey, you know we got uh, DeAndre Swift. Oh, fuck, man. I forgot about him. Let's get on the phone and trade him for some picks. And David Montgomery then, you know, this offseason as then, well. Then, then, he gets a, then he gets a linebacker with 17. And I'm not laughing. These could all wind up being good picks. But as far as, like, value goes, like, it, it just wasn't good. He gets a linebacker. Then he gets a tight end. This is ultimate Dan Campbell football. I fully expected him to come out, like, in one of those war rigs in Mad Max. And just have a venti in each hand with like flames shooting out and just stone cold those piping hot bad boys. It's like, this is the draft, man. We're here. It's funny. And like every every other scout's just like, oh my God, what is happening? <laughs> it's funny. The picks that they made as far as like the players that they got, if you switched them around a little bit, like they got Brian Branch in the second round. They got Hendon Hooker. Um, who else did they get in the second round? Uh, the tight end from Iowa. Uh, La- Laporta. Laporta. Um, yep. If you switch some of those guys around, like, it would have been fine. Like if you got Brian Branch at number twelve, people would have been fine. If you put, uh, you know, Jameer Gibbs at eighteen, people probably would have been like, eh, I don't know, but they would have been fine. Like if you put Laporta in the early pick of the second round, I think he was actually the first pick in the second round. Um, but like I, I, I saw that was. An- <laughs> I think it just speaks to how weird this draft was. It was. Like this, there was a lot of prospects with question marks and everything. I mean, some people might've said, Hey, why aren't the lions taking a quarterback? Well, we saw with Levis and hooker, nobody really liked them that much as people. I mean, I, I threw on the TV on Thursday morning and Ryan leaves on my TV going like, Hen and hooker, you gotta take them. And I'm going like, why would I trust you on quarterback play? No offense, dude. But I mean, wouldn't trust him. Yeah, wouldn't, I mean, there's some, wouldn't trust him on a lot. Of there are some analysts like Dan Orlovsky was like his career highlight is running for his life from Jared Allen and eating foods like a toddler, like plain chicken with ranch dressing. Um, yeah, like boiled the, eggs with ketchup. the draft. We it was. I feel like I went on the like the fan sided main show or whatever on the stream on Thursday on Stack in the Box their podcast and. They asked me, like, what do you think of the draft so far? And I'm like, I felt like it was kind of normal. Like, there was a lot of chaos expected, and there were some trades and stuff, but nothing was like, oh, my God, can you believe yeah. that? No, there was nothing like that. Like, if the Vikings... There wasn't an A.J. Brown no, if trade. if the Vikings traded up from 23 to 3 and got Anthony Richardson, that would have been chaos. And, and, oh, my God, like, can you believe it? But the, the Texans trading back up to get Will Anderson and, like, whatever trades there were. I guess there was like a, a record number of trades or whatever this year, but like it was just because I feel like it was just because this pool or class wasn't that good. Like guys were like, right. Why don't we just get more picks for next year? Cause that class is going to be better, which is always the case. Like, um, like the bears were really interesting to me yeah, because they, it was just like, they were more concerned with getting picks for next yeah. year than like making their own selections. Like we had a guy in uh, this dynasty league I used to be in, like every time he was on the clock, like, third round and a tight end. All right. Who wants to trade it? Make your freaking pick. Come on. <laughs> like that. That's basically what the bears did. Yeah. And I, I don't blame them because it wasn't, and they signed a lot of guys in free agency um, and they got DJ Moore. So they, they didn't necessarily, they don't necessarily need to bring in guys to help them. They're not going to, they know they're not going to probably be a contender next year anyway. So they're not like we need guys right now, which is, which is puzzling with some of the stuff that the Lions are doing right now because like they're right on the edge and you're like what are you doing just like get someone who can help you right now not a linebacker who, who was there yeah who was there like looking at the draft like who I'm so, not talking I mean, about quarterback like, but, like, Jameer... but like other they could have got 
they were at they were at six. They were at pick six. They could have got Jalen Carter. They could have gotten like a, bu- a yeah. bunch of guys that could have helped them much more than a running back who's going to share carries with David Montgomery. Like he's not even going to be a three down guy. It's like uh, the Lions are like WWE right now, where you don't know like anything good is like a Ben Johnson yeah, who's, who's move, running? and anything bad this, is a Dan yeah, Campbell yeah, yeah, yeah. move. Yeah, like oh yeah, that's a Dan Campbell move. And I think the Lions GM actually also <laughs> said like if 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 Jameer Gibbs was there at six or whatever, we would we would have been comfortable taking what that would have been chaos. <laughs> like over B John, that's, that's like been like Whoa! that's like Daniel Jones at like three, <laughs> Mitchell Trubisky, you know. But I but I like Jameer Gibbs as a prospect oh, yeah. is the thing. I think he's like there was some steam the Vikings could have taken him. It was probably false steam looking at it now. But I mean. You know, he's a he's a Kamara type yeah. offense or a Kamara type weapon in the backfield. And I mean, I just think him and Montgomery is a little interesting, yeah. but I just think a lot of people had him as like a late first, early second kind of guy. And, and they're just like, nope. And of course, the Lions are like, well, if, uh, I got a lot of text afterwards that said, like, if we didn't take him, there was like six more teams that are ready to take him. I'm like, no, no, there weren't. Nobody, nobody's going to come out and say, yeah, you know, we got texts from uh, everybody in the NFC North. Like, dude, I got a third round grade on that guy. What are you well, doing? I think actually, like, Kyle Shanahan got a bunch of texts after they traded up to get a kicker. <clears throat> and he was like, yeah, everyone was making fun of me. It's like, yeah, of course they did. Because you traded in the third round. When, But when you're an offensive genius, don't, don't you just go for two every time? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, yeah. And, and how about wow. how about... <laughs> how about when the Vikings traded? We're just basically just going off the rails here, but we're just going over the draft. How about when the Vikings made a trade with the Niners and everyone's like, oh, oh, oh my God. <laughs> it's a Trey Lance, Trey Lance. Oh my God, we got but, him. Oh, it's just a fifth round yeah, pick. But, yeah. Other than anything. Everyone's like, oh. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> and I would, I would say with the Jaron Hall pick, uh, I wouldn't, I'll, I'll never rule out a trade. Um, with with the Vikings especially, um, because but like I don't know, I don't think Trey Lance is a thing anymore. Um, after they drafted a quarterback, um, I think they'd rather invest in him. He would he costs a lot less to keep. They wouldn't have to give anything up. They didn't have to give anything up to get him. Um, I think he's his cap hit is like under a million. Um, so that's that's probably the better option. Um, and Kirk is probably just staying. And then there, we, I want to talk about the undrafted free agents, but we can talk about that some other time. There's a couple guys that are like. Okay, they're interesting, like PFF's top graded linebacker or whatever, Ivan Pace Jr. that everyone's apparently in love with. And can I bring up one thing that I was going to talk about? Yeah. Andre Carter the yes. second. Uh first round prospect yeah. by some at the yep. beginning of the process. And I'm like, so why'd that guy go undrafted? I looked at his mock draftable. He is in the I don't even know how to say it, the zeroth, the zero percentile, however, of bench press. And I'm thinking, dude, you're in the freaking army. Rest did he do? I, I don't know. I, I didn't look at that. But I just saw a zero on a spider chart. And I'm like, yeah, that's probably why he didn't get drafted. Like, you know, he could probably show up to my doorstep right now and be like, let's have a push-up contest. And he'd whoop my ass for sure. But like, how are you not like a house if you're like A, on the football team and B, in the army? Like, you would think that would, you'd just be doing push-ups all damn day. So that's the only thing I really wanted to like really get out of there, but we could talk about UDFAs a little bit more uh, next week. Yeah. Yeah. We can, we can dive, dive deep in the UDFAs because it's officially the off season and we're going to need a lot of stuff. Um, Hashtag content. But baby. real quick before we get out here, Quasi uh, Mensa was asked after the draft on Saturday in his press conference, you know, like, are you, you know, 
what what does Kirk Cousins have to do basically um, in the next eight to ten months to like I don't know basically prove that he can be the starter after next season? And Quasi was like, he doesn't have to do anything. I already know like what he's capable of and what he can do. He raved and whatever about him. But then he also said like, you know, like, we're keeping all of our options open. Everything's on the table. You know, as far as like we can bring him back, we can go with someone else. But it doesn't sound like they've closed the door yet on on an extension. Not an extension, but it would be a new deal. I guess it would be an extension if they sign him before next season. But um, what do you think the chances are or any chance that Kirk Cousins gets extended before the start of this season? Is there any chance at all? Oh, it's non zero. Okay. Like I, 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 I wouldn't put it. I bet you it's less than let's go. Twenty five percent, seventy five, twenty five. Okay. Maybe that's a little bit high, but I put it that low because. The only way this happens is if Kirk Cousins signs a non-guaranteed deal. And we've been saying this all year. Yeah. Like, you know, he loves his fully guaranteed one-year deals. And like, he, I believe the stuff when people say he wants to retire a Viking because he seems to yeah. like it here. People, most people like him as a human. Yeah, he's like, fine. A lot of people don't have a, like, major issue with Kirk Cousins. Like, as a human, as a football player, they would like more from him. I, but I, I mean, the Vikings are right when they say, you know, you could do a hell of a lot worse. The problem is that he's making $35 million and you need another guy that can take you to another level. Um, if he signs like a short term three year deal with like funny money on the back, I think the Vikings would do it. Uh, the problem is that's not Kirk's MO. Not so he's not doing that I, I mean that's what that's why i say 75 25 because it's it's interest yeah i mean i i just don't see kirk doing that and if he did cool like i i have no problem with keeping kirk cousins around for another year or two and having that like dummy year on the back um i just think that yeah i his past history says no yeah um they're gonna probably have a little bit of extra money once they move on from from dalvin and probably zadaria smith as well at some point, but I would think they might want to spend that more on a different position group to maybe help them, maybe another defensive lineman or uh, maybe even another corner or a linebacker or, or something else. Um, but I, I would be surprised if they used that, some of that money to give Kirk an extension. Uh, like you said, he's going to want fully guaranteed. And even if he doesn't want fully guaranteed, the guaranteed money that he is going to want is going to be high. So like, it's not like he's going to be like, I'll take 20, 20 million guaranteed. That's it. And it's like, yeah. no, that's not, that's not going to. So I, I would, yeah, well, I would put the chances low as well that he will get, get extended before the start of the season, especially because they just the drafted key, someone too. The key word for this too is flexibility. Yeah. Like the Vikings want to go into next year and they want, so like, let's say, let's say the Vikings say, okay, we'll do the three year. Let's just say it's, $30 million guaranteed three years, 30 million guaranteed ironclad. It's yours, Kirk, whatever he goes in next year. And he like falls off a cliff physically, which is a possibility yep. because we've seen it with other quarterbacks. Just all of a sudden just tank out of nowhere. Uh, the Vikings are like, shit, we got two years of Kirk cousins here. If they play it one year and, and like this gets back to what I was saying, like this isn't about 2023. No. Are the Vikings going to try and win games in 2023? Yeah. You're damn right. They're the they're the NFC North favorites. Of course they are. But I think they're also they're operating the with the Lions, like, Lions favorites. I think so. I think well, how are the Lions better? Like, oh, we just got done ripping. Oh, the I don't draft think they're better, but I think the Lions are the like the betting favorite, like betting odds. They are the betting yeah. favorite. Yes. Betting favorite. I, I think the Lions or I think the Vikings should be the yeah. favorites. Yeah. Is what I'm yeah. saying because I mean they they just have a better team they they're coming off a 13 win season like 
I know the Lions were better towards the end of the year and they handed the Vikings an ass kicking in Detroit. But I also think that, you know, there's just more there for the Vikings. Like Chris Sims put it a very good way. Like, like here's, here's what the Vikings are doing. You know, you have quarterback issues. He's making a lot of money in this situation. You build the team, you build the hell out of the roster. You build around Kirk cousins so that you're like, again, the jets, you're one quarterback away. So you can find who's ever out there. Like that's what Quasey is doing. So at the end of this year, he can look at what Kurt did this year. And, and it's not like Kirk has to prove anything. He's right on that. But he can look at his options. He go, okay, we can keep Kirk Cousins. He got us to the NFC championship game or whatever. We got smoked or the divisional round probably because they'll run into the Niners or Eagles. Like, and then he can go, we can keep Kirk Cousins. Uh, our draft picks a little low. So maybe we can't trade up, but we have all our picks if we want to do that. Or um, Joe Burrow is pissed off in Cincinnati and the Bengals won't sign him, but we have cap space now. So come on over. Like far-fetched idea, but stranger stuff has happened in the NFL. Well, there's that. And we talked about it too. The Bengals, they're cheap. There's that. So there's um hey, the Chargers are not known yeah. for being uh I can see Justin Herbert generous with available. their money as well. Um so keep an eye on that. Uh, they'd be incredibly dumb to to get let him go. Kyler Murray's someone mm-hmm. out there that could be available because the Cardinals are likely gonna have one of the top two picks next year um in the draft and who knows what that coach wants to do i don't even know what he the cardinals are a franchise right i i i i just so many picks for next year they have the hell they want (laughs) i keep hearing their coach jonathan gannon who used to be a vikings assistant under mike zimmer and uh, i wish i would have known about him before because like seeing that video of him going up to rondell Moore and being like like (laughs) have you seen that video no he greets rondell Moore and he's just like making noises he's like Oh, I'll have to send it to you because it's I, I I don't know even what to make. Pew, pew, yeah, pew. pretty much. That's pretty much what he does. To is to it is it himself. worse than like Adam Gase like at his press conference? It's, yeah, like, uh, 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 it's pretty. Um, but yeah, Kirk Cousins. Like I don't even think the Vikings would be against bring Kirk Cousins back for twenty twenty four. It's just his cost is too much. Like if he costs twenty million in twenty twenty four, I don't think they would be like they're. They don't seem like they're rushing into the quarterback thing, which one is is very good because I don't think you can say that about Rick Spielman. I think that part that was part of his problem where he's like, oh, we need a quarterback. We got to get one no matter what, instead of, you know, maybe focusing on the rest of the team, like like you mentioned. Um, I don't think they would be totally against bringing Kirk Cousins back. But with the way that he likes his contracts and the way that, you know, his he's getting older and everything, I think they're just they're getting ready to move on. And right now, 2024 seems like the year that they're going to move on. But what do you think Kirk Cousins has to do next season to maybe earn a, a new deal from the Vikings in 2024? Outside of taking a non-guaranteed deal, um, I think NFC Championship or Super Bowl. I, I think NFC Championship might yeah. be enough to convince them. But he also, he cannot like physically fall off from where he was. Because like people forget his stats were down a little bit. But the Vikings won games and... That's they fine. Were, like, they were down, but I think he was more efficient. Like he right. Was a, he was better Correct. when they, they needed him to be. Yes. Like so. if Kirk, if Kirk goes into these fourth quarter comeback scenarios and starts throwing picks and like just right. like melting down like old Kirk, um, that's gonna turn off the Vikings very quick. Like yeah. I said, I don't think there's anything that's really needs to be proven to Quasi. It's more no. just a thing of can you continue to play like you've been playing? 
And can you lead this team further than you've previously led them? Like if they, they win a wild card game and just get blasted in the divisional round, I don't think that would be enough to get a contract extension, but if he leads them to the Super Bowl, you got some questions to ask because you're like, hey, this guy just led us to the Super Bowl. He's not tailing off. You want to do like a two-year fully guaranteed extension or what What do we want to do here? Like, yeah. it's really tricky. And I understand why the Vikings are kind of like, uh. yeah, he, he's got to win multiple playoff games. Um, the Vikings haven't won multiple playoff games since 19. 19- 87. That's when mm. I was born. That's almost 36 years. Ago. I was one. Yeah. So I've never, I have no recollection of any season of the Vikings winning what they've gone to the NFC. Every time they've gone to the NFC championship since then, they've been, they started in the divisional round. So they win that game and then they lose the next game in the NFC championship. So if he can win, if he can help them win multiple playoff games, I think that's, which would be the NFC championship or, or the Super Bowl. Um, yeah, I think that's that's his chances are a lot better. Like you said, he, he it's got to be reasonable. Um, the Vikings will have more cap space next year, so they'll be able to do that. I, I would assume that Harrison Smith. I would. I think this got to be his last season. Um, like he's he's, yeah. getting up, he's getting up there. He seems like a guy that doesn't really want to just hang around and just let the game kick him out. Feels like he kind of wants to be the guy to make that decision. Um, but yeah, like, and and even this, even Quasi saying like, I don't need to see anything more from Kirk. It's like that's kind of that's kind of a you can look at that as like a damning statement as well. Like, I know what to expect from him. We know he's going to get yeah. to a certain certain point, and he's not going to get any higher though. So like, it, but if he's able to get higher than that, then okay, then we'll we'll you know consider bringing him back. But yeah, I think a lot has to be done. Something Kirk Guns has never done in his career. He's been in the league, what, this will be his 12th year in the league. So, like, it's got to be different. And it could be because he's going to be in the in the Rams, not the Rams, the Kevin O'Connell offense for a second year. Um, usually uh, where players like to, where players progress even further because they've been in the offense for so long. I think this is just the, the first time he's had the same offensive coordinator yeah, since he was with Washington, yeah, maybe, maybe Sean McVay. Um, so he hasn't even had that that luxury. So, um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see for sure. But that's gonna do it for us today. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, make sure to subscribe to our channel, like this video, uh, and also follow the Vikings on Twitter and Facebook. And uh, the audio version of this podcast will be available uh, by the morning on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, wherever you get your podcasts. But until next time, Chris and I talk to you later. Having a versatile, high-quality piece of clothing feels great, but having a whole closet full of favorites feels even better. American Giant puts the quality, durability, and comfort they're famous for into everything you need for your spring days. From premium t-shirts and jeans to lightweight French terry joggers and their legendary best hoodie ever. Get 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com with code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's American-Giant.com, code S-T-A-P-L-E-2-0.